0: Changing a bad commercial property deal into a good commercial property deal. Now, there's many, many ways of being able to do that, but you have to approach it from a strategic point of view and not be emotional and really set out a plan and tackle it as if it's a project. Now, follow me on this podcast and I'll show you the step-by-step way of how we convert a bad commercial property deal into a good commercial property deal. Changing a bad commercial property deal to a good commercial property deal. Now let's say that you bought a commercial property a couple of years ago or even if you bought a commercial property this year. And let's say a few things happen, whether it's COVID, whether the the market into financial stress or you had an economic downturn, let's say that your tenant went bust or that, you know, you had some capital works that was unexpected, say, you know, say flooding or let's say that, you know, there was some, someone ran into the property. Let's say all sorts of things could have happened to your commercial property and it's starting not to be the optimal property deal that you started out with. And over that time, let's say a couple of tenants left, uh, like you've got capital works, it's really beginning to be a mess what do you do how do you then bring this property back up again of course the logical way to look at it is that it should have never been that way and you should have spent time on it but we're all busy we're all really really busy people we often manage three five ten projects at once we've got families we've got kids we've got lots and lots of things and these things get neglected and we just basically sit back we're take the passive income until one day it stops and then we've got to look at it and how do we fix it up and it all of a sudden becomes like it needs you know thirty forty thousand dollars to fix something like that up so I don't um, want to ever say to you look at there's an easy solution when you turn a bad commercial property and it's there's never a bad commercial property it's just a commercial property going through a cycle when it needs tender loving care to become a really good commercial property again and but when you turn one of these property deals into a good one and then you exit from a whether you want to sell or whether you want to keep and refinance all of those things there has to be a process and one of the processes is that you have to be strategic so you have to be realistic so what happens is let's say you bought the property two years ago And it's a multi-tenanted property and you had a couple of tenants leave and then all of a sudden you have a, uh, you know, you have vacancies, you've got building work to be done on it. What do you do to that property? So what you do is you look at what it can be now. So you never look at what it was two years ago, what the full potential could be, because in this current market, the current rent is going to get and the current potential is what you're trying to realize for that property. So you've got to be realistic. So you may talk to three or four agents, which is typically what we do we'll work out exactly what the net rent is on that property uh, and what it could be we'll work out exactly what the capital works we need to do on that property is and what we can potentially get for a buyer putting in and doing the capital works sometimes the capital works has nothing to do with the actual tenancy but to do with the building so that might be roof repairs leaks you know waterproofing uh, ripping out the current fit out bringing it back to neutral all of those things or it could be that you're basically taking a property that's not loved or, or messy or unclean and refurbishing it. Whatever it is, you've got to make a plan. And let's say you've got four parts to this property because, you know, you might have a shed at the back. You might have a vacancy. You might have a tenant on month to month. You might then have a long-term tenant upstairs. There's four individual projects, mini projects within that project, you have to break it down. So it's important to break it down to steps and tackle them one at a time. So you may tackle the month by month tenant and say, look, I'm going to approach them. What can I do to get them on a two, three year lease at least? And they may be, look, they want an air conditioning replaced. They might want some flooring done. There might be bits and pieces of things done. If that's the case, make a plan, get some costings, work out exactly how much that's going to cost and get it done. And that's so that's number one thing. And now you make that list, you implement that or you get your property manager to implement that and then you project manage it. At the back, let's say the shed just have people storing in it, it's not at optimal an optimal rate and it's just really messy. You might want to, and this is probably something you should do if your property is like this, go and cite the property and say, hey, you know, the back shed will probably be divided into two. Or the back shed needs a new roller door or the back shed actually just needs a clean out. It needs some proper shelving. It needs to be tidied up. What can I do? Can I do that? And then I'm going to charge my tenants who are using it at rent or I'm going to lease it out separately. So you make that decision and you implement that. Now upstairs, if the tenant's going really well and they're on um, you know a long lease and they're in the middle of it and they have no, no issues... You basically touch bases and go, hi, how are you going? Anything that's up, you know, because the thing is tenants within the building talk to each other. And the one thing you don't want to do is do something for someone else and not for the other person. It's kind of like having children. If you're having like four children, then you got to do one one for one and you got to do the same for the other. So that's what you got to do upstairs is you got to make sure they're taken care of and they're all good. As long as they're all good, you just keep going. Now with a vacant one, now that becomes a little bit more problematic because you've got to think, okay, how do I tackle this in this current market? Do I... Uh, put a lot of marketing into it or do I spend a lot of time tidying it up so you've got to get some advice around there so that may be seeking some professional advice from mentors like us or our team who can help you with construction and building and project management or it may be just talking to local agents and finding out some more information now when you tackle a vacant property, you've got to look at how does it look? Does it have its own amenities? Uh, is it neat and tidy? How old is the air conditioning? How old is the flooring? And what about the ceiling and painting, lighting, all of those things? So you need to start from the beginning. Okay, well, does it have disability access? Yes or no. Can we make disability access? What about entrance ways? Does the entranceway, is it a sliding door? Is it an opening door? Is it wide enough? Do I need to change that to accommodate the current tenant? So if, for example, I want a NDIS tenant in there or a government tenant i have got to make sure my doors are wide enough I've got to make sure I've got disability access I've got to make sure I've got disability toilets if I don't have all that and I want a different type of tenant uh, or if I don't have all that I may need to look for a different type of tenant so that's the beginning then I go in and go okay what a floor what kind of flooring now if I'm in a restaurant or a cafe type of uh, property then I might be going. okay well the flooring needs to be stripped out and we might need to put lino down or let's just bring it back to concrete and then wait for the to come in and then help them with that. Uh, let's look at lighting if the place is looking dim and not brilliant let's strip that out and put lighting in there. Let's put um, let's look at putting in a simple coat of paint and that might be just two coats of white paint so that it really sh- you know brightens up the place. Let's look at um, in terms of access to light so that. Often, you know, you'll find a vacant space is really dark and dingy. Um, What can we do to make sure that it's light and bright so that it's really attractive? That maybe, you know, open out a back window. So make a list of all things that can be and then go and get quotes and work out a sustainable capital works project for it. Um, So what does that mean? It means that when you are looking at a project some of them might be too expensive so for example to replace flooring for you to put um, your uh, ceiling up you might find that all just uh, too expensive so you might just go okay what I'll do is what can I do for five or ten grand into this place to make it beautiful to spruce it up and then when I get a tenant I'm going to negotiate with them on the incentives and then I'm going to do some works. So that may be the best option. All the other options that I know the type of tenant I want and I'm going to basically change my premise to fit that type of tenant because ultimately it's worth it. So what you've got to do is look at what not only it's going to cost you now but what the capital value is later on when this is filled and what the potential rent is and then work towards that and then put a timeline to it and give yourself lots and lots of time because you know trades can be interrupted. There could be other things that interrupt you you know lease negotiation take for longer. So instead of thinking, i got to do it in six months, it might actually be a nine or 12 month period before you complete that. So, you know, giving yourself that ample period of time is really important. And that's really how you take a, a good, uh, a bad commercial property into a good commercial property deal. Uh, or you take a good commercial property deal that's gone bad and turn it back into a, a good commercial property. Uh, so that's the journey. But the main thing is there's a lot, a lot of detail around that and with that detail and if you're doing it the first time, it can be very, very daunting, which then again means that you really do need someone to mentor you through this and you need someone who's a professional through this. So, you know, reach out to us, you know, helentarrant.com or helenacommercialpropertycashflow.com.au. Reach out to me, let our team look at it uh, or, you know, you'd be surprised how many mistakes we fix. Uh, let our team look at it, let our... Um, let, basically let me strategize with you how to make it better and improve it and and let's work out a solution. Or if you're looking at getting into a property which is a potential uplift, reach out to me anyway and we can jump on a strategy call. So that's really taking the first step. Now there's another, um, so part two of this is really about what happens if you were in COVID or you had a run with a bad run with a tenant and you bought a property that is set and forget and all of a sudden the tenant gets up and leaves and vacates what happens to that property? What can you do then? Well, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. Uh, it's, it's now about looking at the market and it's about now minimizing loss. It's not about you know making the property full potential because the full potential to that property might be two or three years down the track because in this current situation, there's nothing more you can do about it. So that's, for example, you're in a tourist area. For example, you just happen to be a um, a casualty of you know say COVID and a casualty of the economic downturn or it might be that area specific and that can be just you know for example you, know, you might have bought in an area where it's predominantly let's say mining driven or agriculture driven and they're having a bad year uh, you might have bought in an area that is outside of a tourist area or a predominantly tourist area and that got hit because of COVID and it used to be vibrant and now not you might actually be in you know colleges and schools and all of that changed because of COVID um, and as you now have too much excess capacity and therefore your tenant got up and left. So all of these things, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't the person who sourced the property. It wasn't, you know, the real estate agent wasn't your managing agent. No one's fault, just a part of the situation, it happened. What can you do then? Well, for us, that when we look at that situation, we say, it's all about minimizing your loss. It's no longer about putting the property into full potential because that's two years down the track or three years down the track when the market recovers and the rents goes up and that, that area changes because there's new ways of people using commercial property coming into the area. The number one thing you have to do is risk minimization. So risk minimization, what do you do? You go out there and you basically find the tenant that's going to give you your break-even point. So that might be 30%, 40%, 60% even off your original rent. So let's say your original rent is $30,000. You might now get it for $15,000. Well, there's always going to be a tenant at a cheap enough rent that's willing to come into the premise for um, for you and rent it for a short space of time. You give them a short lease, one or two-year lease. Um, you don't offer them a long lease. <clears throat> you basically say that's how much it is I'm giving you a discount we'll go to market review then and then at market review we have then you have the option so that you can give your tenant effectively you know maybe a three-year lease or or even a five-year lease but you have a market option at two-year period where uh, if if you're giving them 50% off the rent at that market review you get to increase the rent and bring it back to market levels if the market has changed. If not, you can continue that tenant on. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. But what that means is that it keeps your property in a holding pattern. It keeps your property paid off, you know, as in that you're able to pay the bank and you're able to basically take that stress, that financial stress off you for the next two years as the market recovers. Now, we've all been through that, whether it's residential or commercial. And sometimes we get one property in our portfolio that does, you know, doesn't do quite well for a few years and it does really well. Sometimes we get a property in our portfolios that do really well for 10 years and doesn't do well for two years. Bit, so it comes in bits and pieces and round, swings and roundabouts. So in a situation like that, it's really about risk minimization. And most people panic and they don't know what the right way is to forward. The right way is to get clarity on the type of property, whether you're fixing up a bad property that you can just strip out, do capital works, and get a new tenant, or whether it is actually a circumstance of the current climate and location. If that's the case, you've got to go risk minimization. So that's the two strategies. That's why we've got part one, and we've got part two, and this is why I'm talking about. So again, reach out to us at Helen at Commercial Property Cash Flow. So Helen at Commercial Property Cash com or uh, Uh, HelenTarrant.com, and we can jump on a strategy call and discuss what's the best way to turn your commercial property around. Because in this current market, you can actually turn a commercial property around and still sell it for a profit, even if you did a bad buy, you know, maybe two or three years ago. So until next podcast, keep hunting, and if you're looking for that particular commercial property that's right for you, don't forget to reach out to me, and I look forward to helping you in your commercial property journey. Bye for now.